Welcome to Living Faith Lutheran Podcast. I'm Pastor Scott Martz. Visit us online at living-faith.church or in person every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the Midlothian Conference Center, number one Community Circle Drive, Midlothian, Texas, 76065. And now be encouraged by this week's message. Now is the time to take out the, the full insert with the message outline. As you're doing so, I want to welcome those who are watching online or, or listening uh, via podcast. If you are watching online, there should be a download link. You can download the, the notes. If not, uh, turn to Psalm 14. Uh, listen now to the, the Word of God. For the director of music of David... The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt, their deeds are vile, there is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. All have turned away, all have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Do all these evildoers know nothing? They devour my people as though eating bread. They never call on the Lord. But there they are, overwhelmed with dread. For God is present in the company of the righteous. You evildoers frustrate the plans of the poor, but the Lord is their refuge. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. When the Lord restores his people, let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. So as you know, we're beginning this sermon series during this season of Lent. We don't have midweek services, but we're using Sunday as an opportunity and a Lenten theme. And it's called U-Turn. And obviously it's a play on words. We're used to the letter U-Turn. And we're saying U, we're personalizing it. U-Turn. It's very vivid and it's very accurate. The U-Turn series, it's, it's all about repentance. And I know that's a word people today in our culture hear repentance and think, oh yeah, the, the crazy street preacher, repent. And they, they don't take that word seriously. And perhaps we've lost, too, our respect and understanding of, of the word repent. Now, now, Jesus preached repentance. Just like his cousin, John the Baptist, a serious message of repentance so early in Jesus' ministry, as recorded in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, right after he was, his temptation in the wilderness, we're told in Mark 1, 15, The time has come, Jesus said, the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe the good news. So, so Jesus was calling people to repentance and then proclaiming the good news that he had come into the world to save it. Now, as, as you all know, the, the original New Testament was written in the Greek language. And, and the Greek word for repentance is pronounced meta-noel. Meta-noel. Meta is the prefix, and it means alter or change. And, and noel means your thinking. Repentance literally is change your thinking. 
It, it's the idea of, of you're going the wrong direction in life. You're headed for destruction. Make a U-turn. Change your thinking, which is going to cause you to change direction in, in where you're going in life. Now, it's been about two years ago now. About two years ago, about this time of year, it was evening, and I was driving in Phoenix on I-10, which is one of the interstates that, that uh, goes through Phoenix. And, and I was in, on the, the westbound side of, of I-10. Traffic was not heavy. It was past rush hour. And, and I'm driving, and the concrete barrier, you know, the one that separates the east flow from the west flow. As I'm driving, I look over the concrete barrier, and there's a car driving the same direction I'm going. I'm like, holy cow, this is a wrong way driver. He's right next to me, and he's just driving the wrong way. And, and so I start honking my horn, trying to get his attention. Other drivers around me, same thing. There was a, a, a car where the person in the backseat was literally you know, waving at the guy, trying to get him his attention. You're going the wrong way. And we all envisioned, well, at least I did, you know, head-on collision, serious matter. And he just wasn't getting it. He wasn't understanding he was going the wrong direction. I finally exited, and I, I called 911. I said, there's a wrong way driver on I-10. And the 911 operator said, we know, thank you, sir. Many calls have come in. Police are on their way. Sure enough, I eventually got back on, and you could see sirens and lights, and, and the police have a routine down, maybe just familiar with it. Uh, wrong way driver. There's a procedure to follow. Now, the good news in this case, what I saw later on the, the news, is that they were able to stop the wrong way driver. He's able to make a U-turn and go back the, the, the correct direction. Now, the point is, it's hard. It's hard to get the attention of a wrong way driver. But it's the right thing to do. Lives are at stake. The person driving and then the people driving in the right direction Lives are at stake with the wrong way driver. Getting their attention is absolutely necessary. How much more so when it comes to living the wrong way? Living in a way that will result in forever death, forever separation from God? Repentance is a call of love. God calls us to repentance because there is tragedy awaiting us that will last forever. So you have to understand that, again, the nature of repentance is this actually an act of love on God's part. Jesus said this in Matthew 7, verse 13, For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. So you have to picture that. Wide is the, the lane, if you will, that leads to destruction. Many are entering into it. So, U-turn, today's message is the need for repentance. And the very first villain is this. Repentance is God's call to us to change our thinking and direction in life. Because we're putting ourselves and others at risk of disaster. Putting ourselves and others at risk of disaster. It's an act of love. God hitting our attention. Now God does not repent for us. Right? It's a call to repentance. With that in mind, listen again to verses 1 through 3 of Psalm 14. So it's a song of David. 
says, for the director of music of David, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt, their deeds are vile, there is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. All have turned away, all have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Now, now David begins by defining an atheist. Uh, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. Right? It's not Pastor Scott, it's the Word of God, David through the Holy Spirit. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. Realize, though, that there are two types of atheists. There are professing atheists. I've met several of them, many of them now. In fact, the, the largest generation, as far as we know, to, to live, the millennials, there are many of them that are professing atheists. They simply declare there is no God. They might say, I believe in science. And they put faith in science rather than in God. So there are many professing atheists. But there also are practicing atheists. You might be asking, what do you mean? Well, a professing atheist, they'll say there is no God. You'll hear them say that. A practicing atheist, though, is a person who lives as if there is no God. By the way, in the original Hebrew of Psalm 14, the there is part is simply, we add that to better understand it. Literally, David says, the fool in his heart says... No God. No God. Right? So the fool lives as if there is no God. And, and you can be a professing Christian. You can come to church on Sunday, but live as if there is no God. David's case in point, by the way, David did a very foolish thing. David was in his 50s when he looked at a woman who was not his wife, a younger woman, Bathsheba, lusted after her, had an affair with her, tried to cover it up, had her husband killed in battle. David lived as if no God, right? God's not seeing this, no God. He lived a period of time in his life, at least nine months, unrepentantly. And, and that's a foolish thing. The fool in his heart says, no God. No, no, David goes on. They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. And the answer is, all have turned away. All have become corrupt. There is no one who does good. Not even one. Back in 1990, Matt Midler came out with a song, From a Distance. Remember that song? From a distance. You know, and God's watching from a distance. You know what? God's watching more than simply from a distance. God sees everything. And as God looks down on mankind, everyone, including you and me, what does he see by nature that we do? All of us turn the wrong direction. All of us are, are corrupted. And so the point is, there's a need for repentance, and it's not just those other people out there, those other people that aren't here this morning, they need to repent. No, the Bible says we all do. So the need for repentance is for everyone. 
because everyone has, has turned away and there is corruption by nature. Now, most major cities, and I, I assume that Dallas does, there are traffic control centers. And, and what, they, what these are is they take advantage of the cameras on the interstates, and they monitor traffic flow, and perhaps uh, pressure sensors underneath the, the, the concrete. And they know heavy traffic, they know when there's a bottleneck, they know when highways need to be improved or lanes added, because the traffic flow is very important to keep traffic flowing. Some of those cameras also can detect wrong-way drivers. Right? So a camera detects it, and it sets off an alarm, there's a wrong-way driver, police are called, and, and again, there has to be an intervention. The police need to know what to do. That's what God is like as he, again, looks at us. He sees human beings who by nature are going the wrong way. It, it, it's so evident to him. And, and again, the, the need for repentance is for everyone. Now, let's ask the question, why? And let's use the wrong way driver. Why do people drive the wrong way on interstates? And by the way, is it a problem here in Dallas? I'm assuming it is. Has it increased over the years? Yeah, I've I, I read an article, it was at Duncanville about a year ago, right? Wrong way driver, a 20 year old girl was killed head on collision. Um, why do people drive the wrong way? And, and there's a multiple, uh, multiple answers. Some are impaired, actually most are. They're being influenced by, heavily by drugs or alcohol. And they're, they're, again, they don't know they're driving the wrong way, they're drunk, they shouldn't be driving to begin with. And, and as far as they're concerned, they're driving the right way. But in reality, it's the wrong way. Um, others are confused. Quite often, it's the elderly or the very young driver, right? The young driver, no experience, and it would be easy to turn the wrong way. On-ramp is actually off-ramp. Elderly, same thing. They're not used to all this traffic. They're not used to how roads are today, and they get confused, and they're driving the wrong way. Might not be intentionally, but they're still going the wrong way. Some are suicidal. They want to die, and there's no stopping them. Others are copycats. For whatever reason, they want attention, they want to be on the news, they, they maybe don't want to die, but they're willing to put their life at risk simply to make the, the evening news. Now, let's apply that, again, spiritually. As God looks at all of humanity, no exceptions, we're going the wrong way. What's the reason why? Uh, David answers that, again, in our text. All have turned away. All have become corrupt. All have become corrupt. No one, again, who by nature seeks God's will. The, the Hebrew word means tainted, rotten. It's used of sour milk. There, there's something, there's a flaw inside of every one of us that prompts us to go the wrong way. Simply put, more was passed on to you and me by our biological parents than simply our DNA. The Bible says what was also passed on to us was a corrupted nature that, again, 
goes the wrong way. So here's the next villain. Human beings are corrupt by nature and heading wrong directions in life. Human beings are corrupt by nature and heading wrong directions in life. That's why Jesus said, wide is the road. Wide is the road that leads to eternal destruction. Narrow is the road that leads to eternal life. Right? Because that, again, it's just the, the nature of things. Now, let's personalize it. It's U-turn, right, on purpose. The fact is, my friends, the need for repentance includes me. Because I have turned away from God. I have, as well as you, become corrupted. So the need for repentance includes me because I am included in all who have turned away, all who have become corrupted. Martin Luther, back in the 1500s, he understood this, that the, the church was off track, as it is today, the, the Roman Catholic Church, <clears throat> on what repentance is. They, it's a mistranslation. They rely on the Latin translation, literally to do penance. You need to do something to make up for your sins, where it's not that, it's change your thinking, right, about the direction you're going. The, but Martin Luther correctly pointed out in the 95 Thesis, the very first thesis, he says, when our Lord and Master Jesus said, repent, Matthew 4, 17, he willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. <coughs> our entire life. The, the point is, there is a daily need, is there not, for us to realize what we are, what, what we're prone to do, to recognize when we go the wrong direction, every time we sin, we go the wrong direction, Right? And it's an acknowledgement of that. And repentance is, Lord, I messed up. Lord, I have sinned. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And what does God do? God forgives us. Right? God brings us right back into Christ. God's mercy is, is new every day. It's new throughout the day. So the point is this, when it comes to repentance, U-turns begin with me and continue throughout my life. U-turns begin with me. What I mean by that is this. God doesn't repent for me, right? It's a call to repentance. And I can look at all the problems in the world. I can look at you and say, your life is messed up. But that is, doesn't do any good. Take ownership. Turn from your sin before you look at the, the, the plank in your brother's eye, right? It begins with me, and it continues throughout my life. There are sins that I repent for almost every day, because I'm guilty of them. And most certainly, I, I sin every day. So do you. So it's a, it's a lifetime thing. Now, the power behind repentance is Jesus. David put it this way. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion when the Lord restores his people. Let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. David said, oh, that salvation would come out of Israel. My friends, it did. 2,000 years ago, salvation came out of Israel in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus, when he preached, he said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near 
and believe the good news. If I were to distill it down, if I use the, the illustration of a wrong-way driver, what did Jesus do for us? Well, he always went the right way. He lived correctly in everything he did. He is the one that God the Father looked down and said, I'm pleased with this one, the only one, Jesus Christ, my son. I'm pleased with him. Everything he's done, he's going the right direction. Yet, positionally, at the cross, what was happening? Jesus was facing the consequences of a head-on collision. For all of our wrong way of living, he, he, he faced the punishment, cut off from God the Father, that second death, which should chill us to the bones. He was willing to endure that. He was willing to get wrecked and die for our wrong way of living as our substitute. My friends, there's no greater love than that. There's no greater love than what Jesus has done to intervene. He calls us to repentance. Jesus knows the pain of hell. He's been there for us. He doesn't want to have to experience that. He calls us to repentance out of love because he knows, again, that there is a way out. And that way out is through him. Salvation is found in Jesus Christ. Now, 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 Jesus, or David also talks about restoration, when the Lord restores his people. I love that word, so should you, restore. What do you restore? You restore things that have been wrecked, right? I like restoring cars back to where, where they were. Um, God restores lives. Face it, we've been banged up because of sin. The sins of others are our own sin. God loves us. God is into restoration. And that's why Jesus calls us to repentance, because there is restoration in him. And this is the final fill-in. U-turns are possible because of Jesus. U-turns are possible because of Jesus. Think of it this way. A U-turn is an off-ramp from a wrong direction. Who paid for the off-ramp? Jesus did. He, he paved it for you. It's an off-ramp that takes you away from the wrong direction. And as you turn around, part of God, who do you face? An almighty God who loves you dearly. Who says, I forgive you. You are a child of mine. Now walk with me. Go the direction that I am leading you. <coughs> My friends, there is a need for repentance. It's not an old-fashioned word. It's something that, that is more relevant today than ever before. Repent, believe the good news. In Jesus there is restoration and salvation. Amen.